Hi everyone, this is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts may be tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent, and may you have a blessed Christmas season. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. Caroline, why don't we throw it over to you now and do a bit of science, okay? So uh, we're, we, um, what is it? We, we're still, it looks like we're still staying with space science this week. Um, oh, oh no, I can see the last. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that last one. But let's start with um, with the space rock, um, and you can name it for us. So, tell us about the space rock first of all. That may be a piece of the moon. Yeah, so it's a pretty rocky segment today. So bear with me. Yeah. Yes. So, guys. Adrian. Sorry. So. A space rock called Kamo Oalewa may be a piece of the moon. Cool. Let's go through right. that. So there's a space rock called Kamo Oalewa, and it's 100 metres across, sized, and it's actually one of the Earth's quasi-satellites. Now, a quasi-satellite is actually an object with a specific co-orbital, co-orbital configuration where an object stays close to the planet as they orbit the sun. So Kamo Oalewa actually orbits around the sun and then orbits a bit around the earth and then back around the sun, right? So um, it's, it's kind of classed as sort of like a near-earth object. Um, it was discovered in April 26th in 2016 and it was um, in images from the Pan Stars Observatory in Hawaii, hence the the, na- the Hawaiian name for the um, big rock. Um, its orbit around the sun is similar to Earth, with its year being about only 16 hours longer and than, than an Earth year. And it's actually held in orbit by the Earth's gravity. And we were talking about gravity last week. Um, it never goes further than uh, 400 million kilometres from the Earth, or the most important part, it doesn't come closer than 14 million kilometres distance to there. Wow. We, we oh, definitely yeah. don't want it to yeah. come up and say aloha, do we? No, <laughs> no, no definitely not yet. No. Oh, well, not yet, but never. Yeah. <laughs> We're quite happy with you where you are. That's right. Yeah. And it's thought that uh, Kamo Oalewa has been quasi-orbiting Earth for about a century and it's expected it's going to do so for uh, a very long time to come. Now, 
since this discovery, there's been a new research paper um, released and it's pretty interesting because they think that it may be part of the moon. This uh, journal article was published in Communications Earth and Environment on the 11th of November this year and it was led by Benjamin Sharkey and Vishnu Reddy. So they used the LBT, which is Large Binocular Telescope, and the LAL Discovery Telescope, LDT, uh, to observe the satellite. Um, it actually became becomes bright enough to observe every April, so they've got a, they know when it's coming around, and they're able to put the telescope on and have a good look. And um, both telescopes do something a little bit different. So the LBT was used to obtain broadband colour photometry and visible spectra. So, um, you know, being able to see it um, and then look at it in the visible spectrum of light. And it did that on the 14th of April, 2017. And it also had a MODS spectrograph for imaging and stereoscopic images. So it looks at it at like sort of, you know, it's a stereo image, so it's one image on one side, one image on the other side sort of thing, um, to make observations. And um, it was um, observed in visible and also in near-infrared um, um, light. Um, Follow-up imaging was made using the LDT on the 18th of April 2017 to collect information um, on signal-to-noise ratio data, which provides information about the light curve and rotation of the object. And the light curve really means the brightness of an object over a period of time and the surface brightness of the object. I was going to so, say, Caroline, that is some great Star Trek techno babble. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm oh, trying to explain. I'm trying to explain a little bit as I go. So just yeah, to, that's awesome. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not just... Yeah, blah blah. <laughs> no, 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 so and the and the infrared um imaging is really good because it actually helps um to distinguish a body as a moon, an asteroid or a terrestrial planet. So it gives that extra information. Um now what did they discover about Kamo Owalewa? So let's go through it. And I, I went through there's there's lots of articles, but I like to go to the journal articles, so I picked out a few good points. Yeah, they're so, the good ones, yeah. 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 Um, it has a light spectra similar to that of lunar rocks brought back to Earth in the Apollo missions. Um, the spectral properties, which are the characteristics observed when, when viewing the satellites at different wavelengths. Um, so again, the different wavelengths will give you different properties, like different, different clues to, to the rock. Um, they're very similar to that of the moon. Um, Sharkey, one of the researchers, said that it's not that there couldn't have been other asteroids with such spectra, but we haven't found anything so far that looks similar to it. That's why it's so special. Um, no other asteroids that they've viewed have had this particular these particular properties. Um, Kamo Oalewa reflected more sunlight at longer or redder wavelengths, which is looked which looked unlike any observed in any other near Earth asteroids. However, it did look like grains of silicate rock from the lunar samples. Oh, so wow. to get hmm. to the real detail, they um, had 19 lunar samples and they compared it with um, the spectral properties of the sample of not the samples, but the, the viewing of the properties of 
Kamo Oalewa, and they found that the 20 to 40 micrometer grains, so that's the size of the grains on the the Apollo mission rock samples, um, they actually had a close match to the light properties of Kamo Oalewa as they viewed them, which is pretty cool. Yes. So, so what are we really saying? What are we concluding about this? So... Um, so they're saying that Kamo Oalewa could have, so these are the conclusions in the report. It could have been captured along with other near earth objects. However, its orbit is not like that of other near earth objects. So they're, they're thinking maybe not. It could have come from a yet undiscovered quasi stable population of Trojan asteroids, uh, which are asteroids that actually orbit the sun in the vicinity of the Earth. Don't worry, it's a very stable um, <laughs> orbit, so they're not coming close, <laughs> right? They just have a very similar orbit. Um, but they're saying that this would need more research and more observation of the pathways of the asteroids to see if it actually came from that group of unknown you know, Trojan asteroids. And then the third and most favoured by the research paper and science articles, because it is the most exciting um, conclusion <laughs> yeah. that everybody wants to come to and, and they're going to test for as well, um, is that Kamo Oalewa could be ejector from the moon's surface. So the moon is covered in thousands of craters. So it could be that Kamo Oalewa is the first bit of moon that's actually been found in space from one of its, um, re- uh, not recent, ancient collisions. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Has not had yeah. any recent collisions, just mm, to no, make no. that clear. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, good that, to know. That's really that's that's right. <laughs> um, On a side note, about 480 lunar meteorites have actually already been found on Earth itself. So we've got good samples from the Earth and from the Moon itself. Um, and so they're hoping to actually sample the Kamo Olewa, and China actually going to be launching a mission uh, in 2024 to attempt to collect a sample from the Kamo Olewa surface and bring it back to Earth so that we can further compare it to the moon um, samples. And then you can do so much more, you know, actually visually look at the sample and then do all these other tests to confirm to see if it's the composition is the same as the moon um, rock samples. So, um, I thought that was just super exciting. Imagine if there is a bit of the moon floating around that we didn't know about or, um, you know, maybe there's heaps of it and it's just That's we haven't say, seen yeah. it yet. So yeah. um, we just don't know. It'd be an amazing find. I mean, it's not exactly, oh, you know, you randomly just find a piece of the moon floating around somewhere else, you know, yeah. in, this, in the solar system. It'd be, it'd be an amazing discovery to say, yeah, we can confirm that this is a piece of our moon from a long time ago. That's right. And it's not something they were expecting because they do um, study, you know, the near-Earth objects quite uh, a lot, you know, using telescopes and things. And then when they came, when they found this, you know, when they found the light properties of this and, you know, go, oh, my goodness, it's the same. It's very similar to lunar samples. I mean, that's just amazing, isn't it? That's brilliant. Yeah, um, and I love that uh, that now we're seeing all of these missions. They're not, you know, they're no longer just probes that go around planets or moon, uh, moon landers, which are all really good. But like now we're we're sending things to asteroids and we're collecting samples and we're firing at them and you know, <laughs> you know, racing but not racing buggies on them, but you know, like putting little <laughs> landers on them and you know, um, all these great discoveries. Um, do you have anything else to say about about uh, Kamo Olaya? Because I want to segue into the next one when you're ready as well. 
Yeah, no, I was just going to say that um, these these types of missions, just to go on what you were saying, is that it does give us clues to the um, formation of our solar system and the formation of planets and all of that kind of thing. So um, every single bit of, uh, you know, every single um, test that's performed, every experiment, every bit of information that we get, it all adds up and we can build up a bigger picture. I mean, you know, imagine that the textbooks of the future are going to have all this amazing information, a lot more than exactly. we had when we were doing science at school. So yeah, yeah, um, it's just, yeah, really cool. Yeah, the clues the clues are right there for us to go and visit and, and pick up from, yeah. So, um, Caroline, let's segue then into the other side of this because uh, it's great that we have all these asteroids, you know, in the solar system. But one day there could be one that decides that it does want to get a little bit closer to Earth. And we, we don't necessarily want that because we <laughs> like living. Um, I hope that oh. doesn't upset anyone, but we like being alive. We love solar our system. Yeah. So if any, if any aliens are listening, we, you know, we just like existing. So, oh, they um, are. They're listening. Yeah, they're they're yes. listening. Yeah. They're great watching. audience, by the yes. way. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Strange feedback. I can't translate it. But anyway. <laughs> so, so NASA. So NASA. I launched this awesome mission, which uh, I loved watching. I actually had to watch a replay because I didn't get to watch the, the launch mm, live. Um, yeah. It was a SpaceX launch, launching NASA's DART mission. So, Caroline, tell us what DART is doing in order to defend our planet. Okay, this is really cool. This is actually the, the first one of these missions, okay, they're actually going ahead to test um, the possible redirection of asteroids. So, this is the DART mission, the double asteroid redirection test mission um, is through the John Hop- Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory and the Planetary Defense Coordination Office in NASA. So this mission is to test a method of planetary defense of near-Earth objects by crashing an object onto it. In this case, it's a little space probe and they'll be using the kinetic impactor technique um, they want to test if by crashing into a near-Earth object, the momentum will be enough to change the motion of the asteroid, which may be heading into Earth's direction. So really, they just want to knock it off course and see if they can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, playing, they're, playing, um, they're playing pool, but, you know, yeah, pool, intergalactic like yeah. pool, yeah. A little yeah. bit. So it launched on the yeah, 24th of November um, this year uh, from the Vandenberg Space Force Space. I love saying that. Space <laughs> Force. <laughs> Space Force. Yeah. And um, collision is due on 26th of September 2022. So we've got, you know, sort of a bit less than a year until we know how the collision went. So it's aiming for a double asteroid system um, of Did- Didymus. And it's got a little moonlet called Dimorphos, and that's what they want to knock off course. They want to try and knock the moon off course a little bit. Um, they'll also have a CubeSat watching from a distance and capturing footage of the event because the probe so itself cool. is actually going to be de- destroyed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and so, yes, basically they're launching this probe. It's got um, these solar arrays that actually roll out, which is mm-hmm. another technology. Yeah, which is cool, yeah. It's pretty we've, cool. Um, just quickly, we've seen that on the International Space Station recently. I think yeah. earlier this year they installed those and they did the rollout. That they, um, they connected them up and That's they just it. roll out on their own, which was really cool. Yeah. It's good yeah. space-saving technique, really. It really it? is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously they're going to, you know, there's – there's only a camera on the um, the the probe, so 
you'll it'll you'll see it going 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 closer and then nothing. So <laughs> what they're doing is launching a CubeSat as well, which will be viewing the whole thing from a bit of a distance, and they're going to be able to see what happened. Um, now they've they've stressed that this is far away enough from Earth that if they knock it off trajectory too much, it will not start heading towards Earth, which is kind <laughs> yeah, of the opposite of what they to want to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because you don't knock the eight ball into the pocket first. That comes <laughs> That's, last. Right. That's exactly right. And then, um, and then to confirm whether they've actually knocked it off trajectory. Another method to, to, to see if they've managed to do it is to measure the change in light as dimorphous, um, morphos, Albert's Didymus. So um, at the moment, they're able to view it's kind of a, a speck of light in the sky and they see the moon going around and then they're able to measure the light coming from it and, you know, and the light properties again. So they'll be able to take measurements, compare them to before the probe crashed into it and then see if any difference, any change was made. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, another super interesting experiment being done out in space. And if things don't go well, we can always send Bruce Willis and a team of Uh, oil miners um, on a a, special ops mission to... You know, drill a hole, put a nuke, and blow it up. I mean, that, oh, is that too? Oh, um, you forgot the other method, which is Superman. Superman yeah, uh, we've got Superman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We can try that. Um, <laughs> I think Iron Man might be available at some point if we he need might. him. He might. Yep. He might. Mm. He's a bit is fragile, he, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. A, don't we have a giant space laser somewhere? Is that has that happened yet? Or hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Not by well, t- not that we t- know t- of. I think. Are you telling me this is all fiction? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think not that we know of is probably a good answer to that yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. So, Caroline, just quickly as well. So, I mean, because the question might be, why don't we just, you know, fire a missile or a nuclear oh. missile or a laser Ooh. or whatever else? So, what would be the unintended Ooh. consequences mm. if we did that? Well, I think it's probably. Um, quite evident what might happen if you fire a nuclear something into the <laughs> into space. Into yeah. space. Not into the atmosphere, that's how they work. No, into space. And just say it went wrong and fragments went everywhere and you had a few more meteorites, you know, and other larger objects heading to Earth than you really wanted. And then maybe there would be a big game of pool in knocking things out of the way. <laughs> and, I mean, we've got the space station up there. We've got actually two now. We've got China and we've got um, the International, space, International space, station. space Station. There's a bunch of satellites. Mm. Like, you just don't want to knock, <laughs> create any fragments anywhere. And I just don't like the idea of nuclear anything being shot up into the sky Yeah, that's also, anyway. I mean, there's that too. Yeah, so, yeah. that's wrong. Yeah. It's true, yeah, that's true. That's not mm. a good idea. So, um yeah. So yeah, they're trying the bowling, not the bowling pool effect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for rocking our world with that segment. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science. And find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give 
make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders. And thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.